Happy Christmas, everybody! Why don't you come to my party? This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures. Vultures being a bird that can fly. And welcome to This Is Our Christmas Everest. I've got a cold. There's no culture here. There's no culture. This is a wasteland. Bacteria culture maybe here. Look, it's the Keith Harris Christmas party. It's Boxing Day 1983 and there's no escaping the fact. (sighs) There's no year. (laughs) It sucks so hard. (laughs) Presumably... Presumably, this is a, yes. This was a program for children. One would assume, and I I pity any children who were thrust in front of this. I pity any adults who had to watch it with them to make sure they didn't self harm. Well, I was I was eleven. Okay, you well, you were you were a little bit old for this, so hopefully you managed to escape. Well, I remember quite a lot about this entire holiday period. I have gaping great big holes in the Christmases of the past, in the birthdays of the past. I can barely remember any of them. But the Christmas of 1983-84 is one that I actually do remember. In part because at the end of it began the 1984 Winter Olympics in Sarajevo. Yeah, of which more tomorrow. Of which more at a later date. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Jesus, this never ends. Yeah, the hits just yeah. keep coming. I do not remember watching this. And as it was a boxing day, my guess would be that we'd have been at a football. Well, yeah. And 83-84, if Enfield were playing... We'd have been at that. It was a wise decision on your part, because this is some hot bullshit. We arrive at Keith's abode, and Keith says immediately, oh, "I'm going out." No, he does. He doesn't quite, but he, he's uh, instead of greeting us on on this wonderful Boxing Day, he says, "Let me tell you what happened yesterday," as if to say, "Nothing to see here." I reckon he got a woman over. We're thrust back into the past with Keith arriving at at Orville's house and the whole sorry business starts. He goes inside. There's a song in progress. It was a song called Come to My Party. And now you might have noticed throughout that that Keith's ventriloquism was very much on point. This is because he was miming. Yeah. Come to My Party gets to UK number 44. But inside the house for the party is Orville, I hate that duck, mm-hmm. Cuddles, who also hates that duck, and Dippy, yep. a giant yellow dinosaur with crippling, it looks like, spinal problems. Well, let's be clear. Dippy, I presume, takes his name from Dippy meaning stupid and Diplodoka. Presumably. But let's be clear that Dippy is not a guest. No. He's the star. Well, I, I mean, Orville refers to him as a pet at one point, but he does seem to be a pet that has been put to use. So I think he was a he's, pet in the same way that a, a shepherd might call his sheepdog a pet. Yeah, yeah, basically. So we need to be um, we need to be quite 
clear about that. It's also predictably and pleasingly weird looking. Yeah. I think I messaged you to ask you, hang on a minute, isn't Cuddles a puppet? Well, it's... Because there was somebody running around. Yep. In a full orangutan suit. Yeah. That was that was my first inkling that this was going to be just as bad as I thought because I hadn't realised how freaked out I was going to be. And you see it sometimes with the Muppet. Like a Muppet movie. Mm. You'll see Fozzie or Rolf or somebody. You'll see their legs and go, oh, you know, legs. But cuddles with legs freaked me out. Well, I mean, quite aside from anything else, it was obviously just somebody in... yeah. A costume. It was. I think the weirdness is compounded by the fact that the studio audience were laughing and applauding at seemingly random intervals Yeah, throughout it, the whole business. Coincidentally, there was something I wanted to address. Yeah. Which is at the very start of this. Yep. We join Keith Harris. Yeah, I, I, I reckon he's presence. got a, He's got a woman over. And he's going round to Allville's house. Yeah, which... I mean, immediately, alarm bells ring, don't they? Well, the first question that raises is, does he rent or does he own that place? Because it just looked like a pretty normal, standard, semi-detached house. And not inside it didn't. Inside, not inside. it was weird. But from the outside, yeah, it just looked like a normal house. Mm-hmm. But one, yeah, why doesn't Orville live with Keith? He's clearly a minor. Yeah, he's wearing a fucking nappy. So it seems that he lives in a house with Dippy, who... Yeah. As is probably on benefits because they're crippling spinal injuries. Mm. His head is just continually sort of twisted and contorted and facing down. Yeah, which leads me to believe that Cuddles must be Orville's legal guardian for the purposes of this residency agreement, mm. and that's a concern because Cuddles, within the first five minutes of this program has uh, tried to convince Keith Harris to help him chop Orville's head off and then cook him. Yeah, he, um, he, he... First of all, he wants to stuff him. He hates that duck, that's the thing. Yeah, and then he wants to be- behead him. Yeah, using his new uh, Chinese using... guillotine. It's, a, it's just a guillotine. Yeah, I think it was a Chinese guillotine because it had sort of Chinese lettering on it or... I don't know if there was actually a specific type of guillotine that was beloved of the Chinese. No. I doubt it. This is Keith Harris, who hosted the last ever episode of the Back and White Minstrel Show. Yeah, and actually, in keeping with that, when one of the guests turns up, Stu Francis, who falls falls down the chimney, of course, has just fallen down the chimney... Face is all covered in soot. So, not only is this Keith Harris's second appearance, but it's also Keith Harris's second appearance with people who are blacked up. And he does actually say, he does. When Stu Francis is going, oh, I've got to go and clean myself up. Uh, Keith Harris does actually say, yeah, yeah, look at you, you're covered in soot, you've got a black face. He does. I think there is a very real chance, from what we know that Keith Harris was a white supremacist. I, I, I don't know about that. I mean... Now, meanwhile, Stu Francis could wrestle a reindeer mm-hmm. and frighten a fairy. One of the things that inspired me to contact you 
and say that we should do this podcast <laughs> was finding myself sitting on the sofa late one night watching something on the television Jesus and thinking Christ. to myself, I don't think that I should be doing this alone. Yeah, I understand and that. The thing that I was watching was an episode of Crackerjack oh, on YouTube yes. that was Jesus. hosted by Stu Francis. And here's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. I was just too old for Stu Francis. I was 11, but I don't, and that was just too old. I think their kind yeah. of age group was like kind of six to nines or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that sort of and sounds about I right. I was just at the age where you could find him annoying. <laughs> uh, actually, going back and watching him hosting um, Cracker Jack. Cracker he's Jack! A, he's, he's about a quarter as annoying as you expect him to be. Oh, okay. I actually found it quite instructive. And I didn't find him a particularly... He, I, I, I think he was the... I think he was the most able presence in this. <laughs> I think he, you know, he certainly had a lot to do. He showed signs of having kind of, you know, being quite good at the old physical comedy. Well, yeah, because um, I mean, his his main role in this was he was staying in Uncle Charlie's room, which was haunted by the spirit of Keith's Uncle Charlie. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they had to sort of run through a very very lackadaisical bout of physical you know poltergeisty physical comedy kind of happenings yeah and that and that's it that's the thing with hairy hands and yeah people this, stealing his trousers all this stuff keeps on happening to them but and here's the thing they they disappear off through a, the back wall of the bed into mm-hmm. sort of like a through a secret panel and you think oh well i wonder what will happen next the answer no. is nothing at all. Absolutely never, nothing. Never addressed again. Well, the answer, yeah, the actual answer is Shaking Stevens comes out. Yeah, the other guest is Shaky. Now, Shaky was performing his latest song, as, as was the style at the time, Cry Just a Little Bit, which is more of a, I wouldn't say ballad, but a, a, a slower song. This is an interesting time for Shaky because it is only two years since he was one of the biggest things in pop. Yeah. You know? That's what surprised me a little bit, was that he was doing this. You know, (laughs) we're only maybe a year and a half on from O'Julie. Maybe two years on from Green Door. I'm not sure. Maybe less, probably less than two years on. So, was this a a vertiginous fall? Well, I I don't know. Or, or was he going for the children's market and that's why Possible. he agreed to do it? Or did he recognise it for what it was, which was that in 1983, being on kids' TV got you access to six million children, you know? And if yeah. you want to plug your... You want to hawk your single at an audience... Yeah, I guess so. Then, actually, it's an opportunity. And I, I, I don't know about that. Because, I mean, you know, Shaky was a communist still is for all i know he was yeah but so so it's difficult to think that he would go down that avenue although he was a landlord as well wasn't he so you know a bit of a contradiction old shaky yeah one thing that you do get with shaky though is consistency in that no matter what song he plays be it up tempo or a ballad or a waltz 
or anything. Same dance routine. Well, the thing is... Same so, exact dance moves. Yeah, I mean, every the thing single is, that mu- musically, Shaky is moving away from the kind of old-fashioned music style. You know, he's he's moving away from... Yeah. You you draw you you send you make me quay az. Yeah, he's trying to get away from being Welsh Elvis, isn't he? He's yeah. trying to forge his own identity. Well, yeah, but the the problem is though that like he still it. sounds like it. Yeah, still looks like it. Yeah, still moves like it, and yeah, worse still, yeah. he doesn't do he doesn't move like Elvis, or uh, look like Elvis. Or move like Elvis, he looks, sounds, and moves like an Elvis impersonator. Yeah, and uh, and I don't because the, the thing is, he's got a set of pipes on him. You know, he can sing. He's still fairly young at this point. He has at least got n- name recognition, even if it's not perfect. You know, even if his reputation isn't a great one. Well, you know, you show somebody a picture of Shaky, and they know who it is. Oh, absolutely, and uh, uh, and so I don't really follow quite why he felt the need to really be so persistent with that. You know, by the end of nineteen eighty three, it looks a little bit sad. Before we get on to, oh, and the other thing about Shaky is that I think he's singing live. Oh well, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. It's definitely... not. It's not. It's not an especially stellar performance either. Well, no, but. It is a blessed relief, isn't it? Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Before we get on to Orville's bedtime, mm-hmm. can we focus a little bit more on broader Orville topics and broader Keith topics? Essentially, what I'm looking to do is stick the boot in. Because I ate that duck. Well... And one of the reasons I ate that duck is because he exudes... In its purest form, one of the things that I hate the most, which is self-pity. Every fucking hour of every day, Orville has to point out what a bum lot he's got in life. You know, he didn't get any presents. He can't fly. He hasn't got any parents. Um, fuck off. <laughs> but no, the studio audience... Oh... Oh, poor old Orville. He get he gets a a plane. He gets a a model aeroplane, but it's broken. So I mean, not even that can fly. Although, lucky the tree. One, two, two and a bit. Keith Harris is who I really want to touch on, because it seems to me, from the small amount of reading that I did into Keith Harris, that I think Orville gets his self-pitying nature from Keith. This section of this podcast is now known as You Can't Libel the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe that Keith wrote quite a bitter autobiography, bemoaning the fact that he was taken off children's TV and... You know, he got screwed over by everybody and he claimed that his dyslexia had cost him millions of pounds because he couldn't properly read contracts, which, as an argument, is absolute bullshit. Because if you're dyslexic, it doesn't preclude you from knowing that you could hire a lawyer 
yeah, to, yeah. to read a contract yeah. for you. I was going to say that there has to be an element of mea culpa about these yeah. things, doesn't it? You know, take, I mean, take, a... take a little bit of responsibility here, Keith. If, yeah. it, if it's the fourth time this has happened, you know, yeah. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 13 times. Yeah. Shame so that on you're me. living under a bridge with fucking Orville. Yeah. He's, 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 and Orville is, they're a pair of pricks. Anyone else who's had to sit through that fucking duck and his shtick, I think, would have sympathy for Cuddles. And having sympathy for Cuddles is actually quite a hard thing because Cuddles is a prick as well. He, well, that's the thing. I, I... How cheap is Cuddles as well? I mean, what's yeah, his oh, face yeah. made from? Like... Yeah. Polythene. Old, old carrier bags. Yeah. Cuddles legitimately comes off as a psychopath. A yeah. fucking psychopath. There's, yeah, there's no other way around it. And I can't be on board with psychopathic behaviour no matter how annoying Orville may or may not be. You yeah. know... It's not going to fix his psychopathy. He's just going to move on to somebody else. Yeah, Dippy, it, better. Yeah, Dippy wants to start looking over his shoulder if he was in, in any way able to. <laughs> Look over his shoulder because he's so crippled. Yeah, I mean, I'm just... I, 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 I am very ill at ease with the relish with which he talks about the murder and in one case presumably consumption yep. of somebody he knows. And Keith yeah. Harris isn't doing anything. Well, you see, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, he's too not, fussed. he's not, you know, he's not phoning social services and saying, look, I have a real problem with one of my children. I'm not too fussed with the idea that somebody would murder Orville and then eat him. But as you very rightly say, that is the behaviour of somebody who is going to continue to do that until they're caught. Yeah, yeah. I'd and the next, the next one. person that he beheads and eats might not be someone as terrible as that duck. Yeah, it might be Stu Francis. It might be Stu, Stu Francis. Just, just be careful though. He doesn't need a motive because that's the thing. He offers no explanation no. as to why he's. Goes into this absolutely murderous rage. You haven't either. <laughs> Interesting. Let's touch on Orville's bedtime. The programme winds down with a bit of strictly denominational fun as Keith explains the story of the nativity to Orville, who runs his way through some fairly predictable, but, you know, very light Christmas jokes. Yeah. Obviously, Keith wants to be respectful of Christianity, given his roots in the white power movement. He's nothing if not Anglo-Saxon. He's Absolutely. I mean, again, this is... We were discussing yesterday 
Protestantism mm. and and there being a finite amount of joy and the amount of fun that Keith and Orville were clearly having definitely impacted on the amount of fun that I was having. Mm. Or- Orville sings a song to tell Keith how grateful he is that he taught him about Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the nativity scene is acted out in silhouette. Bit creepy. Bit creepy. A little bit. But at the same time... I don't think shadow theatres were that uncommon. No. And, and as well as when that... When I was I mean, a kid. I, I seem to remember making one myself. I think it was just one of those things that you made. You know, if you didn't have a TV in your bedroom. Probably a workaround for equity as well. They, mm. didn't, they wouldn't have had to pay the actors because mm. you couldn't see them. Yeah, keep the price down. We spent two and a half quid on that monkey costume. We're only going to get one wear out of it. <laughs> Orville goes off to bed. Keith gets to have a little bit of me time, which when you are surrounded by Orville and Cuddles and Dippy the fucking dinosaur must be a blessed relief, pours himself a glass of champagne Yeah, and there's a ring at the door. Yeah. Now, you and I were both somewhat surprised to find who was at the door. Shaking Stevens, who... I already thought was inside. The green goddess, Diana Moran, Mike Reed, John Craven, Fern Britton, for some reason, Janet Ellis, Simon Bates, Floella Benjamin, Ian McCaskill, <laughs> Patrick Moore. Uh, there was an unidentified woman in black who I who I couldn't I couldn't pick. I couldn't pick who she was and I couldn't hear who Keith said that she was. And then last through the door, Cuddles, who again must have shinned down the fucking gutter. Just fallen out the window. <laughs> fallen out the window. Now that's quite a that's quite a party you've got going there. That's quite I a was, cast of characters. I was taken aback at the levels of celebrity that came the first thing that came into my head was I wonder what Keith Harris has got on all of them then. Yeah. <laughs> what, what photos has he got? When you've got that level of celebrity at your Christmas party, you know that it's about to go off. And the last thing that anyone's necessarily expecting at that point is for the credits to roll. Yeah. All immediately. The best, all the best celebrity guests that you've got. As good a lineup, I'll wager. <laughs> as good a lineup of celebrity guests as any programme had on that Christmas. As good and I as disparate and inexplicable. Disparate. Patrick Moore, he was there. <laughs> what was Patrick Moore? Do- Patrick Moore, this is now the second time that Patrick mm-hmm. Moore has appeared on a programme that we have watched for <laughs> this Christmas uh, advent calendar. Yeah. And no, I still can't explain what he was in doing in either of them. No. What was he doing? <laughs> Patrick fucking Moore. Twice in three programmes. What a party that must have been. Simon Bates is there. <laughs> you, just, you just get the feeling that you were about to witness an unbelievable party, the sort of party that will probably... <laughs> come up in several criminal trials within the next 30 years but we're not going to see any of it because no. some somehow like a bunch of idiots we've arrived half an hour too early and what we've we've had to sit through shaking stevens and stew francis in a tutu and yeah. you know just just before 
Ian McCaskill and Floella Benjamin start playing Twister, the fucking titles are up. I know. A quick reminder to buy uh, Come To My Party, the record, on BBC Discs. <laughs> and that's your they, lot. They didn't. <laughs> No, they didn't. And no one wanted to go to Orville's party. Orville no. was a one-hit duck. I would hit that duck. I know you would. I hate that duck. Yeah, it's the RSPB on a word with you about that. There was plenty of festive content, though. And what what was there your were... festive highlight? Setting aside fully five minutes to tell the story of fucking Christmas, in all seriousness, in the middle of a show like that, was just. Weird. It doesn't get more festive, though, does it? You've really? just had shaky. You've just had the fucking orangutan monkey thing wanting to <laughs> behead and then or, or cook and eat the the duck. You've had yeah. all this shit going on, and then suddenly, oh, hang on a minute, let's take five minutes out and just tell the story of Christmas like no one's ever fucking told that before. Well, of course, and don't forget, also, you'd had a fully fledged poltergeist incident going on well yeah and as, as far as we know Stu francis is still lost somewhere in the fourth dimension or in the basement or yeah I mean, where's your god now i mean i don't know if Stu francis pops back up again keith harris does so obviously wherever it is that they ended up couldn't have been that bad or at least they ended up somewhere that keith harris knew about and knew how to get out of yeah well which, they didn't say they didn't say anything about it which suggests to me, given the fact that also, via the hairy hand, when Stu Francis went missing, he was wearing a tutu. I'm calling Sex Dungeon. And how, how would this Sex Dungeon look? Um, what I would think it, it would... smell of? Oh. I know what it um, would smell of. I think there would be a definite ointment he smell. <laughs> uh, I, it would smell of Brute 33. Yeah. What do you think um, Orville smelt like? Uh, candy floss. Candy floss. I reckon he was a bit musty. <laughs> I think personally. I might have swallowed the like. <laughs> <laughs> you leave him alone. I ate. I ate that duck. Do you know? Again, you see that he's so he's so self-involved and so self-pitying that during this tale of the nativity, the birth of our Lord. He feels the need to point out that Jesus has got two dads and he hasn't even got one. Ah, I hate that duck. Well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I would, oh God, I would nail that duck to a cross. (laughs) For its sins. (laughs) For its sins. And mine. I think my festive highlight was probably Shaking Stevens pulling all of his Shaking Stevens moves. There was a Christmas tree... There was no duck in sight. Best bit of the programme by a mile. Yeah, like I say, I just want to know what the rationale was for him to be playing that show. Got a feeling it was probably a brown paper bag filled yeah, with five Boxing pound notes. Boxing Day 1983. Because there must be a reason for it, you know. That's another thing, though, as well. If you're going to tell the story of the nativity, mm. don't do it on Boxing Day. That should be as far away from learning about Christmas yeah, yeah. as, as yeah, anyone yeah, should be. Very true. If, if you don't know the Christmas story by the 25th of December any given You don't year, get any fucking presents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I'm writing that down. 
Yeah. I've got a feeling I'm going to need that line at some point over the next... Yeah. Uh... These are the new rules. It's a hard... It's a hard not life. It's the hard Brexit Christmas. It's the only way that they'll learn. I hate that duck. <laughs> I, ha- I hate everything about this. Your discomfort entertains and arouses me. The most disappointing thing was, however much I hate it, I was satiated by the fact that you would also have to watch it too. But it doesn't seem you. It seems to have been, well, you know, like water off another duck. You, Ian the duck, they're back. You, uh, you, you know, you seem completely it's, unaffected it's, by it's, it. It's just terrible. It's just really, really bad. Yeah, it sucked donkey duck, but it sucked a do? dick. You know, I got to watch fucking Tallville and Dean later tonight. Yes, tomorrow, tomorrow. The most 1984 oh, yes. thing that there could possibly be. The Jane Torville and Christopher Dean Christmas special. Yep, Christmas 1984. So actually, you know, the Christmas after they won the gold medal in Sarajevo. Spoiler alert there. I was looking, I was going to watch that fucking Winter Olympics I as know, well. right? Um, ah, Jesus so, Christ. Uh, yeah, so... Um, that's our that's our subject tomorrow, and I'm 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 not optimistic about this at all. I haven't seen any of these really. <laughs> you know, um, I've seen our Christmas Eve entry, our actual Christmas Eve entry. Oh yeah, I've seen that, uh, well. and I think I've seen maybe another one or two. But most of these I haven't seen because a lot of the time at Christmas I've got better things to be doing than sitting in front of the TV. Yeah, so. You know, Christmas on TV is very much something that happens to other people. I have, I have, I have to say, I've already watched this um, Torville and Dean Christmas special, and I predict fireworks in tomorrow's episode. So, right. <laughs> so you got that I'll to look forward to. Yeah, I'll kick off then. Okie doke. Well, that's for another day. Except it isn't because I've got to do it in about half an hour's time or something. <laughs> um, we'll be back again at the same time tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Go home.